0: And welcome to another edition of the Red Raiders podcast brought to you by the Rager Dykes Auto Group and powered by the Avalanche Journal and AJ Media. I'm Carlos Silva, the Texas Tech men's basketball beat writer. And on the phone, we've got Matt Galloway of the Topeka Capital Journal. How are you doing, Matt?
1: I'm great. Um, I'm actually on the road right now to Lubbock. So uh, taking the Oklahoma City-Amarillo route. Oh, have fun with that one, man. uh, (laughs) uh, it um, It wasn't as... daunting as I thought it was last year, but uh, this year I've got, I don't know if it's a bit of a a sinus issue or some kind of allergies, but I'm not looking forward to how I'm going to be feeling here in about eight hours.
0: Well, I'll just tell you this. I kind of made that trip a couple of days, or technically yesterday. I, I can't figure out the days, as you all know, with some of this travel stuff. But uh, there was a lot of ice and rain, so in, kind of enjoy that weather uh, when you go on those roads, man, so so stay safe.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we've I mean, we've had plenty of ice and rain over the last few days. I think Texas got stranded after losing the K-State in Manhattan, which yeah. is not the best place in the world to get stranded.
0: So, well yeah. obviously uh, Candace is looking to uh Kind of uh, rectify what happened earlier this year in Allen Fieldhouse for the first time in uh, 18 tries. Texas Tech earned a victory in the fog. I guess for you, uh, Matt, I know you were there. I was there. We kind of chatted a little bit. I guess what what did you kind of see from Kansas that uh, they didn't do that they normally do at home that allowed Texas Tech to lead throughout that game, and not only that but have a double-digit lead? It seemed like Kansas was going on a little bit of a run late, but I think that double-digit lead is what really helped Texas Tech uh, hold off the Jayhawks late in that game
1: yeah, Bill Self used the word whipped to kind of describe what happened in that game, said start to finish yesterday that uh, tech, tech controlled that game, and KU was probably lucky it wasn't more than a 12-point margin. Uh, I just kind of, I think I remember from that game most vividly kind of the lethargic kind of attitude from KU at times, and it was a little surprising given that, you know, this is a KU team that until this year had never lost three home games in a single season under Bill Self, and that was, I believe, number two with Oklahoma State coming a little bit later and uh, Sprint Center loss against Washington also in front of a partisan KU crowd counting, so uh, or not counting it as the Allen Fieldhouse losses, but counting it as a home loss, so that's four. This is a KU team that's been kind of odd in that uh, Allen Fieldhouse doesn't seem to really get the team up that much. They seem to be more uh, embracing the road environment and hostile environments. We saw that uh, against Nebraska. I think mm-hmm. that they the two road losses – You know, you could say Baylor thoroughly outplayed KU, but Mm -hmm. the game against Oklahoma, that was one that was really kind of given away with the uh, free throw struggles of Yudoka Azabuki down the stretch. So I think one of the things that stuck out to me the most at the time was how well Texas Tech played defensively, but additionally just how kind of um, I'm giving a human quality to an arena, but just kind of how vulnerable um, Allen Fieldhouse seemed. And that is something that, Nobody was used to. Bill Self came into the year with 10 losses in 14 seasons at Allen Fieldhouse.
0: So uh, I know, obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a difference this time around with some of the players, and we'll get into Kansas a little bit, but how do you feel uh, the injury to Keenan Evans is going to affect uh, this game? Because I know the last time he scored, I believe it was 15 points in that game, had six total rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Uh, I guess with, with that toe injury, obviously he played 25 minutes against Oklahoma State, but only had two points in that time. And it seemed like, uh, other than maybe being a screener, kind of being a not necessarily a distraction, but kind of a decoy on some certain plays, it seemed like uh, he, he he was at least effective in in, in uh, those roles.
1: Yeah, that was exactly going to be the uh, word I was going to use. Oklahoma State is decoy. That's what it seemed like in it. Sorry about that. It, um, it seemed like he'd uh, hold on one second, sorry.
0: Oh, no, you're fine. All
1: right, yeah, it seemed like he kind of was just more of a decoy in that game, as you indicated. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what to expect. I think that you'd be more qualified to discuss exactly, you know, what to expect out of him. You've been watching him all year. I just know that Devontae Graham, is, uh, if, if his performance against Trey Young on Monday is any indication, he should – absolutely show up for this matchup and i mean i think this is the texas tech team just from what i understand that uh when Keaton evans isn't on the floor kind of struggles a bit to score and he did enough against uh kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. it wasn't one of these insane efforts that we've seen from other teams over the years coming in it was more of a balance and i think that that kind of indicates more that the victory for texas tech wasn't a fluke it wasn't some individual that just completely went off it was mm-hmm. just a thorough kind of butt-kicking from start to finish. And I'm not sure exactly what to expect from Keenan Evans. I think that he will play. I'm just not sure how much he'll be leaned upon. I think he's such a competitor just from watching him from the outside in that uh, I think that he'll try to be a big part of the game plan. But uh, it just really looks like, you know, I knew whenever he missed the entire second half of that Baylor loss, that it had to be something serious. And I was, quite frankly, a little bit surprised that, even went uh, against the Cowboys, but um, yeah, I, I think that you you'd be more qualified to speak on it than I would. But of I course. think that if he's if he plays and he's healthy, or at least close to healthy, I think he's a game changer.
0: And I know you kind of alluded to it, and we're talking with Matt Galloway of the Topeka Capital Journal, the KU beat writer. He's uh, traveling to Lubbock right now, so if he kind of goes in and out, that's uh, the whole reason he kind of goes in and out. Uh, cell, cell coverage is always great, you know, when you're traveling. Oh, yeah. But uh, you kind of alluded to it. It wasn't necessarily a one-person effort. Keenan scored 15, but you had four other guys scoring double figures, and one, or two in particular, should I say, two freshmen, Zaire Smith and Jarrett Culver, 12 and 11 points, uh, respectively. Culver with 12, of course, and then Noren Odiasa who I thought really won it for Texas Tech. Had 12 points, and not only that, but he was two rebounds away from a double-double, had two steals, and he was just fronting as a bouquet, causing all sorts of trouble for the inside. I guess, what did you kind of see from that balanced effort, and what are you kind of expecting this time around with the way Candace, uh, I don't know how to say it other than they're just playing so much better now that they're shooting the three a lot?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's that's, that's the key. I mean, when KU has lost games this year, it's because they've had – performances in the 20s or are or worse than that from, from three-point range. I think that's the key for KU. It's always the key for KU deploying this four-guard lineup with one true big in Yudoka Azubuki and not a lot of support behind him uh, in terms of just true bigs. I mean, there's Mitch Lightfoot, who is a forward, who is kind of a little bit miscast in the five. Mm-hmm. I think rebounding is going to be very important, and I think that was one of Bill Self's biggest uh, bugaboos coming out of that loss to Tech, Tech earlier in the season was – uh, in particular, how kind of Legerald Vic and Udogaz Spooky were able to rebound. And I think that that's kind of been a little bit on, on an uptick for the team of late, but uh, Bill Self is a huge fan of Odiasi and he's a huge fan of uh, Smith and he he said as much over the last week and he said as much after that game. And so I think that it's it's going to be kind of I'm expecting that balance still from from Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't see, feel like the Red Raiders are a team. That you know, when they need a, a single guy that's not Keenan Evans to just kind of put the team on on his on his back, it just doesn't seem like that's something that happens. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing. I mm-hmm. just think that it's uh, Keenan Evans is the go-to guy. He's the Big 12 Player of the Year contender, and if they're I, I just think that it's easier to have balance when other teams have to account for that. I'm not sure how big of a part of KU's game plan Keenan Evans will be, given the kind of questions surrounding him, but I do think that that balance will be key to a victory if the Red Raiders can get it.
0: Now, I know you kind of mentioned the three-point shooting, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. I guess, how uh, much of an X factor do you think uh, Sfie, uh Mucky Luke, uh, I apologize if I said that incorrectly, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he We've shortened
1: been... his first name just because it's also kind of...
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So I guess, uh, how much of an X factor could he be? He's shooting a, at about a 45% clip right now, and I guess, what what can he bring to Texas, uh, to uh, Kansas in terms of the, the three-point shooting for the Jayhawks?
1: Well, I actually thought for the first 70-80% of the season, he seemed like a guy who had a real shot of ending up on a, the All-Big 12 first team, just because he'd changed his game. I know you probably remember the first three years, and it's easy to forget that he actually considered going out to the NBA after yep. his junior season, but something that a lot of the feedback he got at the combine was was you know we don't have a place in the month. corner and shoot threes unless you're you know really really elite at that and Luke has always been good and accurate from three point range but he wasn't uh as much of you know an nba it just didn't feel like he would be drafted and maybe he would end up a guy that was taken in the late late second round if anything and he decided to come back and i think he's really transformed his game there's one moment earlier in the season, where uh, he tried—it was at West Virginia, where he passed up an open three in transition to try to dunk on Kanate uh, for mm-hmm. West Virginia, and he got completely blocked. And it, at the at the time, it seemed like why would he do that? Mm-hmm. But after the game, Bill Self said that's the kind of change that we're seeing from Speed. It's it's that aggressiveness going to the rim. I think Texas Tech fans might be a little surprised if they've seen Spee Mikayluk over the last three years, just how. Um, transformed he is this year in terms of aggressiveness driving to the rim, trying to get to the rim, uh, a knack for getting more boards, being able to I think he's a better passer. I think if I remember correctly, I think the Texas Tech game, he had a few, a, pr- a few pretty bad turnovers in that game trying mm-hmm. to handle the ball up at the top of the key uh, that I might be mis- I might be thinking about a, a different game, but that, that hasn't been an issue for him since that point in the season and he's really kind of become more of an all-around player. Now I think that he's fallen off a bit mm-hmm. at home game against TCU where he ended up, I think, scoring one point. But he's still playing at a pretty uh, elite level overall in the season, and I think that he's a guy that if you leave him open, uh, it's absolutely a risk to hit a three.
0: Yeah, and, and you weren't misremembering. He had five along with uh, Devontae Graham out of the 15 uh, turnovers that Kansas had in that previous game, so certainly uh, something that – Texas Tech fans they were bad are, ones, too. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, they, they were some some uh, turnovers that turned uh, the defense into the offense for Texas Tech, and that allowed them to kind of get off to some quick runs. And that's what Chris Beards mentioned. If uh, you're able to match runs with Kansas, you're going to be able to stay in the game. But uh, j- just to kind of play off that point, too, uh, a- anyone that goes against uh Canate is probably going to get blocked when you go to the rim. I think yeah. he's kind of made that uh, kind of very loud and clear. But I guess last yeah. question for you because I know you're obviously driving. You're kind of breaking in and out, so I don't want to keep you any longer, Matt. But uh, it seems like the roles are reversed a little bit in the sense. I know obviously the two losses uh, have kind of hurt the way uh, Texas Tech is kind of looking coming into this game. But the fact that they're 16-0 at home, it seems like uh, – it's the opposite way that things have been going. It seems like everyone that goes to Kansas Fieldhouse or K- Allen Fieldhouse playing Kansas, they're undefeated at home, and now it's Texas Tech that has this home advantage here. I guess what, what do you kind of see as the X factor going into this game for Kansas and Texas Tech?
1: I think it's going to be how Texas Tech handles the pressure. I mean, we saw that game day and Allen Fieldhouse, I think for the first time this season, uh, the first time this season Allen Fieldhouse against West Virginia and yeah. KU's big comeback and in the throttling of Oklahoma, I think for the first time this year, Allen Fieldhouse played a key critical role. I'm wondering if Texas Tech can get that out of United Supermarkets Arena. And if, you know, I don't know if it's, I mean, this is, you don't want to say that Texas Tech hasn't been there before, but Mm -hmm. Chris Beard said as much on on the Big 12 teleconference last night yesterday he said that you can't call this a rivalry unless both sides do their part mm-hmm. and i just think that it's going to be an environment that ku will be prepared for the x factor to me is whether or not texas tech will be prepared and ready for that i think they will be i think it's going to be a terrific game i think it'll come down to the wire i'm going to go ahead and just say because of the uncertainty of keenan evans i think ku will escape with a victory mm-hmm. and uh, earn a share of the big 12 title but i i do think that i don't think that moment will be too big for Texas Tech I think Chris Beard is too good of a coach from what I'm seeing to uh, really allow that to happen
0: once again that's Matt Galloway of the Topeka Capital Journal he covers the Kansas Jayhawks for the newspaper you can follow him at the Matt Galloway G-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y on Twitter safe travels my man appreciate it and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon you in Lubbock. Once again, that was the Red Raiders podcast brought to you by the Raker Dykes Auto Group and powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. We'll talk to you soon, and of course don't forget to check out the game. It's at 3.15 Saturday, and also televised on ESPN. You can follow me at CM Silva Jr. on Twitter. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you soon.